Hello and welcome to the Album Nerds Podcast, where album nerds gather and podcast. I'm your host, album nerds dude or dude or album or album nerd or nerd. And with me is Andy, the co-host and handsome man. Hello there. And uh, Album Nerds is basically an opportunity for a couple of buddies. That's me and Andy that have been friends for a long time. We love to talk about music. We do not uh, live near each other anymore, so we found that we are not talking about music very much. So we decided to have a conversation every couple weeks and record it. Um, This is a new podcast. We're going to have some segments, and uh, we're really not sure what we're doing yet. So if you're listening... Please give us some feedback. Let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, uh, and what you'd like to hear and what you'd like us to talk about. So we're going to talk about albums. Uh, we're going to talk about artists. And we're just going to talk about music. So without further ado, we're going to start our first segment we're calling for now. Recent releases. So we're going to go through a few recent releases and discuss them briefly. I'll hand it over to my buddy Andy. Yeah, hey, um... Let's just say I'm really looking, really glad we're doing this, and uh, I think uh, it'll energize both of us a little bit to uh, listen to some new stuff and get a chance to hopefully share it with uh, some people who maybe they wouldn't uh, discover it otherwise, and hopefully just have some fun and tell some good stories, have a good time. So yeah, glad glad to be here with you, man. Um, yeah, so the first the first release that we wanted to talk about, um, first recent release, is from a band called the Quaker City Nighthawks. This is something that that you found, uh, right, dude? Yeah, yeah. This was uh, the magic of the internet uh, for an older dude like me, where you used to have to listen to the radio and watch MTV if you were going to find anything new to listen to or your friends would tell you about it. But uh, this just came up as a recommendation on the day it was released um, in my Google Play Music. It uh, just popped up, recommended new releases. And I'm like, okay, never heard of these guys. And listened to it, really liked it, and uh, passed it on to you. And I think you really liked it. Yeah, I really dig it. It's It's a cool kind of space rock album um has a really kind of, I don't know kind of dusty sound to it I would describe it as um it's good for like a hot hot summer night when things are kind of slow and sticky yeah it uh it's kind of you know kind of jam bandy and it is a nice summertime release and it does have kind of a retro sound to it as well um, and definitely space rock, but you know it's got that sort of southern flavor to it. Yeah, uh, these guys are from Texas, I believe. Yep. Southern Texas, definitely sound like it. Yeah, so I'm a huge blues rock guy. I love classic rock, and I love things that have elements of that. So that's I that's why this appealed to me. Uh, I think there were some elements of it that appealed to you that I didn't even like the lyrics. I I vaguely noticed, but I think you dug in a little deeper. Yeah, there's some intricate um, stories going on here. I'm not quite sure if it's a concept album, but there are definitely some themes that are consistent throughout. Um, I don't know. I don't have a physical copy of this yet, but I definitely keep an eye out for one. It'd be fun to 
Yeah, folks out there listening to this podcast, if we say that we're buying a physical copy, because we use streaming services, if we say we have bought or are going to buy a physical copy, that means pretty much that we really like the record because, you know, uh, we can listen to it as many times as we want for our current subscription fees, but to make sure the artist gets paid and just having it in the collection is also also nice. It would make sense to talk a little bit about this, what our musical tastes are and, and background and um, kind of why we are interested in, in talking about music so much. Well, that sounds like a splendid idea, Andy. Uh, all right, I'll talk about me. I grew up loving pretty much everything. Uh, my dad was on the radio when I was a kid, so we listened to his station all the time. This was in the late 70s. So I liked everything and grew up with the MTV generation. So I liked, you know, from Michael Jackson type of stuff and Lionel Richie to Rat and Motley Crue and pretty much anything that was on. As I got older and got into college age, the grunge kind of took over my life. And so from that point forward, rock bands, classic rock, hard rock, um, and things of that nature, blues rock with any kind of Rolling Stones sort of overtones. Uh, you know, um, Black Crows, for instance, were big in the 90s, and they had that sort of sound. So, you know, your typical festival rock stuff from the early 90s. And as I've aged, I've found that I just keep going backwards. <laughs> so uh, a lot of rock stuff I didn't really catch on to at the time like you know more of the metal bands and stuff from the 90s and 80s i've gone back and and really enjoy some of that stuff and then i look for those qualities blues rock and uh classic rock qualities in newer releases and that it, the older i get the harder that becomes um i also the older i get the more country i like which is uh kind of a frightening thing to be going through but uh it is what it is so that's my story I just had to say that uh, dude has some of the best music knowledge and, and trivia knowledge for of anyone I've ever met. Um, any sort of random single from like the 70s, you'll totally know the album and the band and a little story about them. And any sort of musical trivia, I would not go against this guy. He knows everything. I'm not a good looking man, and in the 90s, I grew out my hair and knowing about music and carrying a guitar pick around pretending like I could play uh, was pretty much my whole deal. So <laughs> I had to know my shit. Only chance of getting any girls. Um, yeah, so my background, um, yeah, I was a big music junkie in high school. I was more into classic rock at that time. And I kind of got involved with the college radio station at, um, Rochester Institute of Technology in upstate New York, and kind of got into the electronic music scene, which was kind of uh, at its peak in the U.S. This is like the late 90s, early 2000s, and I was into that for a while, did some DJing at uh, college parties and house parties, and got pretty sick of that electronic music scene, so I got into like jam bands and, and like mathcore really kind of extreme to the other side and um, I was into that for a while now I'm kind of just into whatever's going on in new music so 
lot of indie music, a lot of alternative music. Um, really try not to limit myself by genres too much. Um, but I do find myself listening to a lot of rock and hip hop, um, experimental music. I'm a big Frank Zappa fan. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm a big, uh, big Spotify fan. And buy most of my record, or most of my albums on vinyl now. Um, but that's, like we said earlier, is kind of a, a rarity and really only things that we truly love. Yeah, my record collection, the, my vinyl collection is mostly old stuff I've gotten used. Uh, you know, Beatles records and Rolling Stones records and Jimi Hendrix, you know, the typical Doors, all that kind of stuff, as well as um, older country like Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson and those sort of things. I have a, a big CD collection, uh, not as big as it once was, but it's mostly uh, 90s music and 2000s. I don't add to that very much when I do buy new I try to buy vinyl um, so I don't listen to yeah, the physical stuff as much as I'd like yeah I, I haven't listened to a CD in probably 10 years and I'm in the process of burning and selling them back which has been kind of a, a little sad but it also feels good to kind of get rid of all that extra weight and kind of physical baggage yeah, I've had some of my CDs, my Pearl Jam stuff and whatever in particular, I mean, for over 20 years now. So they're like part of me, so I can't I can't do that. So that's enough of talk about us. Yeah. Talk about another, uh, another recent Definitely. Release. I know you're excited for this one. Yeah, we'll move on to uh, another recent release. This one is uh, near and dear to me. So this is one of those, uh, the band is the Rival Sons. Uh, they're one of my favorite more recent bands. I believe they got together in like 2008 or so and started recording in around 2009. I believe this is their fourth or fifth full-length release. And I really like their stuff. I always have uh, since I picked up on them in the first place. And uh, their albums change, their sound changes. But they had they had a more 60s retro uh, classic rock blues rock sort of vibe and they've uh metamorphosed a little bit but there's still a lot of blues and the record that uh, just came out last month i believe uh is called hollow bones and i really like it i like it better than their previous release which was uh great western valkyrie which was kind of dark a little too stylized for me um this one feels is very short so if you want to check out <laughs> The Rival Sons, and you don't give up a lot of time. It's like 32 minutes long. It's a fun listen. Uh, there's like the Black Coffee is an old uh, favorite of their fans, so they, they put that on this record. I think they've recorded it before for like a bonus, a bonus tracks on something. Um, Hollow Bones Part 1 and Part 2 are my favorite songs on the album, which the name of it is Hollow Bones, so it kind of... They tell stories in their songs, and um, they've got a nice bluesy feel. Jay Buchanan, the lead singer, has a great voice, and uh, there's some. This is harder, in some ways, than a lot of their other albums. The guitar is a little harder, I think, a little more aggressive. Uh, but again, as as usual with these guys, there's some aggressive songs, there's some catchy tunes, and then at least one really 
vocally saturated, almost sappy love ballad that's really like heart wrenching. But this one's cool. It's the last song on the album, and so it starts off with a really slow sort of almost operatic vocal and then about towards the end in comes some slide guitar work that sounds almost like 60s style or 50s style hawaii sort of you know hula music or something so it's it's still interesting to listen to and like i said you're only investing 30 minutes uh what did you think of this one um i would generally agree with what you said i, I liked it better than the last record um i still like the sound they had on their first couple of records there um, head down, probably my favorite, and they had, it was like it sounded like Zeppelin, like kind of a newer version of Zeppelin. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. There, there was definitely a more Zeppelin sort of yeah that vibe. Um, but I did enjoy this record. I think um, the title track, part two, that yep. was my favorite. Um, but there wasn't really a bad song on here. And like you said, it's it's almost over before it really gets going. I also will add that these guys put out an album almost every year, which is unusual um, for bands these days, which is cool. And they, the sound changed. So I guess if we had five head downs, it wouldn't, you know, we'd probably be complaining about that. So uh, that is my favorite one, too. The other thing worth mentioning is the producer, Dave Cobb, Mm -hmm. is uh, he does a lot of country production including that Chris Stapleton humongous Grammy award-winning album. And they go to Tennessee, I believe, uh, Memphis, to record in his studio. Every album they do, they work with him, and they only they bang it out in a couple of weeks, and most of it is like one-take type stuff. So I, I appreciate the production, and I appreciate that about the band, which I think makes me like their music better. Yeah, there's not so many bands who put out an album every year now. That's, um, it is kind of unique and special. All right, moving on. I think we have one more new release we're going to talk about. Andy, I'll let you lead that one. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about the the swans a little bit, or swans, I think as they're called. Um, are you familiar with this band at Alcon? Have you heard any of their stuff recently? You know, I listened to this one because it was on the list, uh, and I was curious. And and I know, I know our friend over at Needle Drop. Uh, <laughs> has reviewed many of their albums and I just have never gotten around to listening to it that's that's why when I saw it on the list I thought well if Anthony Fantano <laughs> reviewed it then I guess I guess I'll sit through it <laughs> I've not heard of them which I mean I, I maybe over the last couple of years but it seems like they've been around a yeah. long time and I consider myself knowledgeable I'd never heard of them yeah I'm honest with you, I never heard of them until about I think four years ago they put out the first record in quite a while I think before, okay. in the 2000s um, I guess they had a lot of releases back in the early 90s and the 80s um, but anyway they kind of have like a new reincarnation of the band they put out four records in the last five years three or four years um, the last couple ones have been really special I think um, just to give you an overview of like how they sound they're like a very um, heavy group but also very slow. Think of like the Melvins, but even slower. Um, they have a very like heavy baritone um, vocalist, and 
they create a lot of like melodic, almost hypnotic guitar sounds that their span their songs span like fifteen, twenty minutes pretty much every track. And this latest album that just came out, it's called The Glowing Man. It's almost two hours long. Which sounds Yeah, I went I wanted to make sure you mentioned the length of the album and that there are two songs that are twenty something minutes. Yeah. It's pretty common for them, but what they're going for is to almost create like, um, I wouldn't describe it as songs, but more just like a presence of sound that when you play this record, like on some speakers in a room, it just totally changes the energy in the house. Like, it is such like a, a force is the way I can describe it. And there's not too many bands I've heard that really have that kind of the power to the music they do. Um, Kind of like, uh, like some of those tribesmen are like in a trance dancing around a fire is kind of how I would describe it. It's very um, hypnotic and I think super interesting. Um, I wouldn't recommend jumping and listening to the whole two albums at once. <laughs> Start with the, the second disc is a little bit more accessible, a little bit more upbeat. Um, but I think these guys are doing something really cool the last couple of years. And just wanted to give a you know, I, I I agree that it's a good album. I enjoyed it. I was working while I was listening to it, so I didn't, you know, get into a, uh, I didn't, like, get naked and start dancing around a fire like you may have. But there were elements of it I thought that were doorsy. Uh, there were some, uh, it felt a little bit like the cult. I don't know how familiar you are with their music. Um, but I would not have ever in a million years thought that this band was around since the 80s. It sounds like a, a passionate, hungry group of musicians, not dudes that are just still making records after all these years. I mean, it, it feels fresh and it does feel unique and it's worth checking out if you've got the time and, <laughs> and, uh, and patience, but uh, you might want to take it in small bites. In this next section coming up here, we're just going to go over some some quick uh, releases for kind of the last few months. Doesn't well, I, I'm getting a little more liberal with it. I, I you know, I think it, to yeah, just kind of what's happening in our musical world, what we're listening to. Uh, Andy tends to circle the drain of recent releases a little bit more because he has a broader palette than I do, and I'm constantly going back to old shit that you know that i like to still listen to um with regularity so we'll just kind of feel this portion out and see what people think yeah um so i picked out five i'll just go through them pretty quickly here um colin stenson is a kind of avant-garde saxophone player he's put out three records before this that were pretty revolutionary in terms of um sound for the saxophone can make um put out, he kind of reimagined an opera, it was a Russian opera, and released a pretty gripping album earlier this year called Sorrow, that I would also highly recommend. It's, it's very similar to The Swans, um, in terms of kind of avant-garde style. Um, I, I, Andy, I'm going to jump in here. Yeah, Where, uh, just for the listeners that are out there, so yes, this is avant-garde but I only listened to a little bit. 
I mean, we're not Swans is a little bit more accessible, I think, because uh, it's more of a traditional rock band. Mm-hmm. And this sonically, I mean, is really. I mean, if, if you come into it not knowing what you're listening to, I was like, "What the hell is this? <laughs> this is weird." Because it's like this low saxophone, really low baritone saxophone. I had to crank it way up, and all I could hear was the pads of the saxophone as he's hitting the keys and him breathing in through his nose and the, oh. So it's cool, and it's something worth, you know, broadening your horizons. But uh, there's, some, there's some moments on this record that are absolutely spellbindingly beautiful. There's a, a vocalist, a female opera singer, who's put on, I think, two tracks on this record. It's absolutely gorgeous to listen to. So hang in there is what you're saying because I gave up. I, I, I jumped ship. So I guess that's why we're doing this. So anyone listening, Andy says hang on. So let's hang on and give it another go. Um, Steve Gunn, who's a kind of rock guitarist, put out a new record this year called Eyes on the Lines. It's got like a really great like jam band um, vibe to it. I think you would really enjoy it, dude. Um, not that you're a jam band fan, but it has a really good guitar rock sound to it. Um, I listened to it. I liked it. Oh, you did? Uh, cool. Yeah. Um, well, he, he, the thing I read about him was that one of his influences is John Fahey. Oh. And uh, that will always get me to listen. Who's John Fahey? He's, uh, he's been around for decades. He's a sort of, well, I guess, a jazz guitarist. Um, but has there's it's all instrumental guitar work and, and some of the Riley Walker stuff I would say is similar. Okay, yeah. Um, the new Aesop Rock record came out earlier this year is probably one of the more um, lyrically impressive albums I've heard. It's called The Impossible Kid. He's a hip hop artist. Um, tells really good stories. Uh, Paul Simon put out a solo record earlier this year that I think is exceptional. Not a huge Paul Simon fan, but I think some of the, the songwriting on this record is really fantastic. And I also wanted to mention the new Maxwell record that came out um, just last month. It's called Black Summer's Night. It's a really solid, um, good soul R&B record. Um, first time from him in quite a while. It's worth well, listening that, to. That dude can still sing. I, I listened to a little bit of that because I've always admired his style even in the when he came out and R&B was not so cool in my mind at the time um, I really brought it him and D'Angelo kind of really yep. made it cool about 15 years ago or so and that Paul Simon record it, it did feel a little bit more like Graceland to me uh, I've only listened yeah. to it once or twice Graceland's but, uh, a great record man oh yeah it's one of my favorites I've got that one on vinyl and we listen to it pretty regularly around here. That's awesome. Cool. What's up? All right, so I've got some I've been listening to lately. Um, Twin Peaks, it's a new one. Yeah, yeah. Now, they've been around for a little bit. I think this is like their second or third. This might be their second major label type release. Yeah. And I think they're English. Um, but they're garage rock with... Really throwback leanings. There's a lot of 60s sort of vibe in here. Rolling Stones mm-hmm. sort of uh, strut to some of it. And um, I really like it. The lyrics are fun on a lot of the songs. The vocalist has, uh, I mean, he's not like a 
opera singer or anything, but he has a lot of different styles for the different songs to give a different tone. And, and I actually saw uh, they were on Conan or one of those shows, and it was, I was pretty impressed with the live performance as well. So this is definitely worth checking out if you like garage rock, you like the strokes and the stripes and the white stripes and the whatever else uh, is out there, but they all start with the, except for these guys, Twin Peaks. If you look them up online, be careful. Make sure and say Twin Peaks Band. Otherwise, you'll get links to the old super wacky show, Twin Peaks, which I also enjoy. Uh, Monster yeah, Truck has another record out. Still, Yeah, it's called Still Heavy. Uh, I really like Monster Truck. I love their last album. They're a Canadian rock band. Again, guess what? Have a throwback sort of classic rock um grand funk mixed with getting kicked in the nuts sort of gravelly sound and i really like them this album i've listened to a handful of times i haven't gotten grabbed by it i haven't found myself really jamming hard to it i'm going to keep giving it a try because i i do appreciate what they're doing uh daniel romano mosey is the name of the album it's a pop rock album i guess uh, this fellow is also Canadian. I never heard of him before. Uh, this was a recommendation on on uh, Google All Play Music, whatever it's called, and and I I like it. The guy's got a weird sort of nasally voice. It's sort of again. This has a '60s sort of jangly vibe to it, also. But his previous work, he did a bunch of throwback country albums that were like '60s style country, really twangy, and he even sang with kind of a twangy accent. And those are interesting also. This is just, there's some elements of that in this. But this is, it's a departure from what he's been doing. And, and uh, it's an interesting listen. And it's kind of Dylan-esque, I guess, in the vocals. Lyrics are interesting. You can tell this guy's really quirky. And his personality comes through. So I, I appreciate that about it. Yeah. I would uh, say that, uh, Soundgarden. Okay. I would just did say you like, listen to it? Yeah, I did, actually. I listened to it a few times. I thought it was really good. The songwriting is exceptional. Yeah, and yeah, it, it's a weird little blip. I, I don't know. I don't know what'll happen to him in my life in terms of continuing to listen. But you should check out the country albums too. It's <laughs> it's, it's very interesting to do. Uh, so awesome. this one, this one, everyone's heard of Soundgarden, Bad Motor Finger, the album before Super Unknown, uh, nineteen ninety one, I believe. This one came out. Uh, I've just been listening to it lately. I wanted something hard rocking to listen to that would really, you know, while I'm working in the afternoon in particular, finishing up projects for for the company I work for. Sometimes I need a kick in the ass, and and this was what I this is what I called up and I listened to it like three times, three days in a row because I really needed I needed Chris Cornell's wailing to get me through. So highly recommend that for anyone who hasn't listened to it and anyone who hasn't in years. I mean that's. That's kind of the point of this portion of the show for me is reminding people of stuff. You know, it, it can still move you even 20, 25 years later. Uh, Dirty Streets, another blues rocky sort of band. Um, the name of the album is White Horse. I really love this album. It came out sometime, I believe, in 2016, maybe late 2015. And it's just cool to listen to it again. You know, guess what? has that blues rock sort of toe-tapping, uh, slightly retro vibe. But it's a lot of fun to listen to. I can't help but sing along. I can't help but turn it up and roll the windows down. So I 
highly recommend checking that out. You know, got the nice jangly choruses and call outs where they're like, hey, and you kind of feel like calling back. So, And the last one, In Excess, Kick. Um, in excess band from Australia, really big in the late seventies, early eight. They formed in the late seventies, big in the mid to late eighties. This is probably their biggest album, uh, kick. It's got most of the big, big hits on it. Um, devil inside and I need you tonight and uh, never tear us apart. But my wife and I really like this album. Uh, I've always loved it since the eighties and it just keeps coming back in into the play when it's like uh, we want to listen to something fun this this comes up pretty regularly so i thought i'd throw some action in excess's way it's you know uh 80s sort of synth pop but it's got a doors sex appeal the singer is very sort of breathy and sensual i guess michael hutchins and basically he's one of those dudes in that era when when people watched a lot of videos, he was one of those guys that girls wanted to spend time with and felt like they needed to be so that they could spend time with girls. So I would, uh, this is worth checking out if you haven't heard of them or just haven't really given the whole album a try. Sweet. So what's new? What new releases are on the horizon there, Andrew? Well, there are quite a few things coming up that are got me, got me excited. Um, Michael Kiwanuka, who you, you actually turned me on to originally. Yeah, I really like that guy. Beautiful, soulful R&B singer. From what I've read, this is going to be a little different um, little different vibe. The first song I heard from it was something like Black Man in a White Man's World or something. So the last one was a lot of love, forlorn love stuff. So this might be more of a man coming into his own sort of <laughs> situation, but time will tell. Yeah, there's, there's actually a really good like six or seven track preview of this on Spotify right now, like a live version of it. Um, check it out; it's worth listening to. I think it comes out tomorrow. Awesome. So yeah, excited for that. Um, Hip hop producer Clams Casino has his own full length coming out. I think it's his first one. It's called "You Got Me Singing." That still comes out on the fifteenth. And does Mozzarella Sticks have a album coming out too? <laughs> I thought we were talking about appetizers. Sorry, Nick. Go on. Yeah, that's next month, though. Oh. Uh, Russian Circles, they're a cool, like, heavy metal instrumental band. Um, they have a record coming out in the beginning of August called Guidance. Keep an eye out for that. Um, noise Pop, kind of a quirky band called Of Montreal, which I've been getting some, some press lately. They have a new release coming out this, in August as well called Innocent Reaches. Um... Singer-songwriter Riley Walker, who I know we're both big fans of, he has a full length coming out in mid-August called "Golden Sings the Heaven Sun." And Beck has a new record that I cannot wait to hear. He's got some cool stuff. Like he's got kind of his old, um, fun personality back, and that is still to be determined. But it's supposed to come out this year, so looking Word. forward to that. Uh, cool. Yeah, so some good stuff coming out. I'm particularly looking for the Michael Kiwanuka and the Riley Walker. Uh, the Riley Walker, by the way, Primrose Green is his last full-length with vocals anyway, and it's a kind of a folky, guitar-y, fun, flower child sort of situation. All right, so moving on. So now we're going to talk a little bit about musical memories. So some, you know, some little stories about things related to music from our lives and 
I'm going to talk a little bit about Pearl Jam. I've got two little things. So, uh, No Code is the album that all of us Pearl Jam fans listened to the day it came out in 1994. Or no, 1996. Right? Yeah. 96. And we were very sad because it didn't sound like 10 or versus <laughs> or, or Vitology. It sounded like Neil Young a little bit. Uh, not vocally, but in terms of the guitar, the crunchy guitar, um, and just a different approach. Positive lyrics about good things in life, which was, you know, a little disappointing when you were waiting for them to bitch about stuff. Uh, and I got it and loved it because it was Pearl Jam, but didn't love it as much. And the packaging was really cool. The CD I got came with little Polaroids. Uh, the album cover was a bunch of Polaroids that the band had taken. So these little Polaroid printouts came in the packaging, and that was great. Uh, a few months later, a friend of mine had knew that I collected vinyl. I only had a few at the time, and he happened to see a copy in a store and picked it up for me. And, and I was just, this was now 20-something years ago, I was just listening to it the other day, and I hadn't in a while. And I opened up the packaging, and all those pearl Polaroids are like LP record size. Cool. And I pulled them out, and the, it's just beautiful. Um, I took a picture of it and sent it to Andy. Even uh, So it was just really cool to experience the album, listen to it, pull out those giant Polaroids, turn over and to flip them over, read the lyrics, um, and just look at the amazing packaging. And, you know, now that I've matured a little bit, um, the music itself, it's a great record. So, which makes me think of Pearl Jam again. Uh, I worked at record stores a lot over the, over the years and, one story that I told a million times and it always has made me sad is uh, the store I was working, it was about 2000 and there was a Pearl Jam DVD that had just come out like live from Medicine Square Garden or something. And I finally got to put something that didn't suck on the DVD or DVD, yeah, it was a DVD player. It could have been VHS even. But So we had it playing in the store and these two teenage girls came in and they're doing like, you know, rearview mirror or something and these two <laughs> teenage girls came in they stared at the tv screens and they were they looked at me i was behind the counter and they're like is this creed and <laughs> at the time that was like the worst thing anyone could say about pearl jam so never ever say that to a pearl jam fan if you know who pearl jam is or who, if you know who creed is don't do it thank you Is this Creed? Yeah, it's still the worst thing you could say. Well, I feel bad for Scott Stapp. He's, his life is a fucking shambles. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you got? Um, well, like I've been saying, I've been, I've been ripping uh, all my CDs to, uh, to flack on my hard drive. And I'm kind of revisiting a bunch of things from, uh, from the 90s when I was growing up. Came across a few records that I had kind of forgotten about, um, but sounded so good. Not everything sounds good after you know 20, 25 years of perspective. Um, I won't mention any of the ones I didn't love, but I came across the uh, the first Mr. Bungle record, which is absolutely a ridiculous record. Um, That's insanity. I had it on cassette. It was insanity. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Just like but, a. It's oh my so much God. fun. I, I I had such a riot listening to it again. It's like a cartoon in, in audio form. Yeah, it's like a mind circus. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, mind circus is good. 
So I really enjoyed that. Um, it's this Mr. Bungle, Mr. Bungle. If you haven't heard it, it's a blue record. It's really good. Um, this other one I came across, which actually came out maybe five or six years ago from a violinist slash vocalist named Owen Powett, um, who is kind of, I guess I would describe, you know, kind of like a music school proper kind of singing and orchestration um, musician. He wrote a very beautiful concept album called Heartland. I think it came out in 2009 or 2010. It's um, an absolutely beautiful album. Um, it's kind of like a sci-fi story, um, but it's beautifully orchestrated, and he, he plays everything on it, and it sounds fantastic. And I also came across um, a most deaf record that I hadn't heard in a while, uh, Black on Both Sides, because kind of hands down his definitive projects. Um, man, it still sounded great, though. The freaking love that East Coast uh, hip-hop from the you know, mid to late 90s was pretty awesome in my book, so that was that was good to hear again. Even I like that album. Yeah. And I'm, no, I'm no hip-hop guy. Yeah, it's, it's a classic. I, I remember at the time, I, I was uh, acquaintances through the record stores and stuff with a lot of fellas that were in the hip-hop scene, and... Uh, they were all on the lookout for this project. I've never been able to find it. I don't think it happened. I think it was called Black Jack Johnson. And I, uh, Mos Def had like a, it was going to be like a rock record. Uh, or at least an album with instruments. Um, and I don't think it ever happened. But if anyone out there has heard any of it, if it ever did get leaked or, or partially released, we'd, we'd be interested. Yeah, interesting. I was thought you were going to say uh, Black Star. Oh, yeah, there's that, too. Black Rock Johnson. Hmm. Yeah, I think it was Black Jack Johnson was going to be the name of it, uh, in theory, anyway. Yeah, but then there, there is Black Star, of course, with uh, Talib Kweli. That was good stuff, too. Yeah. All right, so we're going to close this thing out with a, one last little section. We thought it might be fun to talk about some things outside of music because we do have other interests, and we're going to call this Giving Propers. So we're giving some props to... Things, you know, other, whether it's products or services or websites or shows or movies or whatever. And so this week I'm going to talk briefly about Fantasy Pros Draft Simulator. I love fantasy football a lot. <laughs> and <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I love it. I mean, if I thought I could be of any use, I'd be a fantasy football podcaster. But I wouldn't want to give away any of my secrets <laughs> to anybody. So, uh, so this is rare that I'm doing this. Fantasy Pros has, uh, I, I would give the exact URL, but it's really complicated. So just go to Fantasy Pros, look for Draft Simulator uh, for, for NFL drafts, and, and they do other fantasy sports as well. But they, it's basically sort of an automated system where you're able to set up, if it's a PPR or what kind of league, how many players, and you can run these draft simulations where they use, uh, I, I think it's based on expert rankings and stuff. So depending on your draft position, you can run through these scenarios. And it's really fast because you make your pick and then the computer does its thing and, and uh, simulates what the next player would be on the other teams. And so it gives you a chance to run through some scenarios where you might want to see what happens if you pick up Le'Veon Bell first or if you... Uh, pick up a wide receiver first or if you're 10th in the draft what's different than if you're first so it's fun to do it's good preparation i've been doing it probably 
probably since the day the football season ended last year. So uh, <laughs> that's Fantasy Pros. You should head over there. It's cool. Uh, one other uh, little device I'd like to give props to is the Chrome Bit. I got one for Christmas last year. It's basically a Chrome book with no screen. It looks uh, a lot like a uh, Chromecast type of device. Plugs right into the USB or USB, right into the HDMI on your TV. Um, any screen that has HDMI input, you plug it in, you power it up. You have to plug it in for power, and you uh, sign into your into your uh, Google account, and it's a Chromebook. But uh, you just need like a Bluetooth or or uh, you know a USB powered keyboard and mouse and you can have a chromebook right on your television it's awesome when you're traveling if you want to i can take netflix and all my stuff with me and i don't have to worry about roku's and firing up my laptop i just plug this thing in and hook up to the wi-fi and i'm good to go and that's one of the you know that's one of the cool things is you're able to connect to wi-fi anywhere so chromebit check it out they're like 85 bucks that does sound really useful is the is the interface, is it just a browser? or what do you, uh, Yeah, it's, uh, well, if you've never used a Chromebook, Chrome OS is just browser. Now, there's some offline sh- stuff you can do, like uh, spreadsheets and whatever, but the whole OS for a Chromebook, that's why they can have so little memory and so little hard drive, because it's all cloud-based and, and uh, browser-based. That's, that sounds pretty cool. Um kind of reminds me of something that I should mention here as well that I think we both use is the, uh, the Chrome Audio device for streaming music, I think is uh, super useful and a great deal. It's like, what, 30 bucks, 20 bucks? Thir- yeah, I think 35 mo- most of the time. Sometimes they're on sale for 25 Yeah, they're awesome. Uh, you just It depends on your setup. If you have, like, uh, if you have speakers that are just separate speakers that you can plug a, a stereo plug into. That works. In my case, I have it plugged into my uh, receiver, right. old-fashioned stereo receiver. And, yeah, it's great. I can use my tablet, my phone, my computer, whatever, and just cast it right to my stereo and have it on the speakers in my office, the speakers out in the living room. It's it's pretty sweet, and the quality is, is definitely better than Bluetooth, I would say. Yeah, I would definitely agree it's better than Bluetooth, too. And it doesn't cut out, like, Bluetooth does, and it also doesn't play all the annoying notifications on your phone and all those other sounds you might right. have on your device. So that's, it's been a really smooth uh, product to use. Yeah, and, and uh, just to mention, you can cast just like a Chromecast. So you can cast from the tab in Chrome. You can cast from any app that has Chromecast support. So uh, I believe Spotify works with it. I use Google Play Music. So it, it's not just like a Google thing where you're stuck having to use Google products. Right, right. Um, all right, I just want to give a shout-out to an independent film I saw last week that I thought was hysterical, um, albeit very dark. It's called uh, Lobster. Uh, let me just give you the, the real quick premise here for what happens. It's, uh, it takes place in like a dystopian future. And in this future world, if you're not in a relationship, uh, if you're not producing kids, you're basically um, set out to the woods and uh, hunted. <laughs> um, so there's this character, a guy that we follow along, and his wife, his wife gets a divorce from his wife, and he gets sent to this hotel where he has 40 days to find a wife, where he gets sent out to the woods and basically killed. 
Um, it's a hilarious, it's, <laughs> it's so hilarious, but it's really, really funny, kind of quirky film. If you like uh, Wes Anderson and kind of his style to making films, uh, I think you would enjoy it. Um, I also want to give a shout out to a show on, on HBO I've been watching. It's been three or four episodes now. It's called Any Given Wednesday. It features a um, sports columnist, uh, Bill Simmons. He used to be, I know he had a podcast for quite a while. He was on ESPN for quite a while. Kind of just an opinionated sports writer who uh, has like an interview style talk show. I think it's like a half hour long. Um, the episode yesterday featured my doppelganger, um, quarterback of the Packers there. Um, I can't remember his name. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's, an, it's an entertaining show. It gets into some kind of like, uh, you know, entertainment and sports. Um, cool. I better enjoy it. Very good. Yeah, I think I actually have seen ads for that, but haven't gotten around to checking it out. All right, so that's our proppers our props for the for the week and uh check that stuff out check out the albums we mentioned we'll try and get this posted get some information on our website and maybe include some links to some of the stiff we was talking about so thank you andy for joining me today yeah thank you man and thank you any handful of people out there listening please give us some feedback let us know what you think what was wrong what was right what took too long what was too short did I speak too fast, etc. Uh, and hopefully we will catch you next time here on the Album Nerds Podcast. Peace. Yeah.